couple of summers ago, our family is taking a trip, taking a trip on an airplane, Southwest Airlines, which works really well, especially when you have multiple children, because the baggage is already included in the price. You just throw whatever you want to throw in the bag and not worry about having to pay another 25, 50 bucks. Um, the, the open seating kind of works to try to just get everybody arranged, and, and there's a little more room for kids to, to wander around and whatnot. Uh, also, you kind of, when you're with a, with a family, you get out of that like cattle call lineup, and so they allow all the fancy-dancy people to line up first and get on the plane, and then there's a separate line that's for families with small children. We get in that line with a bunch of other families with small children to board in between the A and B groups, and we're all there kind of commiserating with each other because when you travel with small kids, you feel like you deserve a gold medal just by the time you get through security. It's so much work to get into the car, to get to the airport on time, to not have any mishaps, to get everybody a bathroom break, to get everybody's shoes off, empty out the diaper bag, all the liquids, all that stuff, and then you finally get to the gate, and you're like, we're pretty much home home free. We're sitting there sighing a deep sigh of relief with the other parents who are there, everybody's kids bouncing off the walls, super excited to get on an airplane. And uh, a lady comes up with a small stroller after we're already all in line, and she cuts to the front of the line. Okay. I see, a little, little bit disrespectful, but some people, you know, have needs or, or whatever. This wave of realization starts to flow over people's faces in the line. So they realize that in her stroller is not a small child, but in fact a small dog. <laughs> and now we all have some life decisions to make because a woman with a small dog in a stroller has cut to the front of family boarding while we're just stressed out trying to get all our kids on this airplane. And there are some good rules to follow in life. Like, you know, number one, don't ever even borderline disrespect other people in front of your own children because you want to have, have good, uh, be a good example for them. Secondly, you know, don't get real loud in an airport. That could create a problem. You could miss your flight. You could have to have Homeland Security come interview and whatnot. And even though the look on everybody's face was, who are you, lady? Who are you? Cutting to the front of family boarding with a small dog. Everybody took the, 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 the road that said, you know what, we have all the information that we needed to gather about this situation. We've judged the situation. We've judged what the repercussions could be if, if we try to follow up and actually ask her this question out loud. And we're just gonna let this one ride. We're, we're, we're gonna let it ride. There's no further investigation that we need to do. In our relationships, some of which are brand new relationships that we have with strangers, some of which are long-standing relationships, it's important for us to ask that, that very same question, who are you? We do it implicitly, I think, a lot, gathering information about how people treat us, gathering information about what people do when we're around them and when we're not around them, gathering information about how people act in different arenas, be it online arenas or in-person arenas. And I think eventually we settle into what we think about people. One of the questions that I want us to ask today, and in fact that I want us to ask for the entire semester, however, is, is who are you? And there are two people in particular that I want all of us to ask that question of, and the first person, the first person I want us to ask that question of is Jesus, is Jesus. Who are you, Jesus? 
There are some of us who have maybe never asked that question before. There's this certain cultural awareness of who Jesus is or who Jesus is, is, is presented as, and, and we have not actually looked at what Jesus said to people. We have not looked at the things that Jesus has done and asked over and over again, taking all of the data points that we have, this question of, Jesus, who are you? And so some of us, even if we've never really dealt with the question in a deep way, we've already made up our minds about who Jesus is. And for some of us, the mind that we've made up is that this Jesus person is somebody indeed that I want to follow, that I want to dedicate my life to. There are others of us who have said, you know what, I got enough data points, I think I'm just going to let this thing ride. Or I'm not going to go through the effort of really digging into to what this guy did and what he said. And, and I think that's unfortunate because when we don't go to that effort, then we might miss out on aspects of the person or the work of Jesus that could surprise us, that could surprise us, that could inspire us, that could open up new possibilities for how we live our lives. I think that's even true for those of us who have been in the faith for a long time. Maybe there was a time where we went through the evaluative process, but maybe now we're coasting and we're not learning anymore and we're not questioning and we're not exploring. And this year, as we go through the book of Mark, I think it's important for us to ask that question. Jesus, who are you? As we take these bits, these scenes, these quotes, in those individual scenes, we might learn something, but they also might help deepen or flesh out the mosaic of who Jesus is, is quite frankly, a very complicated being in the history of the world. One surprising thing about Jesus, did you know that Jesus was a great dancer? It's true. It says so in the Bible. I've got some art. Uh, the son of man did not come to, to, to be served, but to, but to serve. Jesus could, could cut it up, man. This is our theme verse for the year. We're going to talk about how Jesus moonwalked across the water. I'm not sure where this particular piece of artwork hangs. Email um, Daniel Schwartz today, and he'll uh, let you know. We'll have a, a lesson on that for chapel. Sorry, I should have turned this off. My phone's blowing up. Oh, boy. Text from President Rich. Do you even Bible, bro? That's not the whole verse. Let me, let me check something here. There might be more verse than that. Oh yeah, I might have overlooked something in my preparation today. <laughs> Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So maybe this notion I had that Jesus was a great dancer might be true, might not be true. I'm going to need some more data points. But what I have from this data point, this foundational data point, this thing that, that, that Jesus is telling other people about himself is that he's a different kind of leader, isn't he? Because he's a leader not for, for, for his own sake, but for the sake of the people that he came to serve. And there's this deep dedication to living out that point. Because it doesn't just say there, Jesus isn't saying, look, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but, but, but to serve. So feel free to call me during my office hours. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and so, 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 so hit me up, but, but, but I just need my weekends to myself. No, Jesus is saying, I have come to give up my very life 
and to be something for the people that they could not be for themselves. You have this people, this creation, and they are a people who are of value. They are of value because God created them in God's very own image. We see that at the beginning of scripture. And so there's this inherent value that all of us are created with, that all of us are born with, this thing that God has given us. And that value, that truth, it, it was traded in for, for, for a lie. And as sin took over these physical bodies that we have, as sin has taken over our hearts, as sin has taken over the very world, here comes God in human form to intervene on our behalf. And to say, you were born with value, and that value has been traded away, but let's ransom that back. Let's reclaim that and I'm going to dedicate my very being and, and my very existence for your good, for your wholeness, and for your completeness. Have you really wrestled with that fact? When you have, have looked into the face of Jesus, so to speak, and when you have said, Jesus, who are you? Have you heard Jesus say, I'm the one who gave up my very life as a ransom for you? as a ransom for your family, and as a ransom for your neighbors, and as a ransom for millions and millions and billions of people that you have never met. Because you are valuable, and you are a person who God loves. See, every time we start to ask that question of Jesus, who are you, it gives us an opportunity to not only interact with Jesus, but it also gives us uh, the opportunity to ask that same question again, but then having established something true about who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing, we get to then turn that question back in on ourselves, don't we? And so we get to look in the mirror and we get to say, in light of this fact, that Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for, for many, how does that change how I view myself? One of our problems is that oftentimes we either flip the order in which we ask those questions of those two people, of ourselves and of Jesus, or we don't even get past asking ourselves who we are. And instead of making ourselves into the, the, this, this image and, and this thing that God wants us to be, instead of opening up our hearts to say, yes, God, transform me. You came to serve and to give your life up for others. Maybe that's something that I should be about. We simply look in the mirror and we say, who are you and who do you want to be? And now by my power, I'm going to mold myself into an image that is pleasing to me. But every time we look at a text from Mark. And every time we ask that question of Jesus, who are you? When we then turn around and look in the mirror and ask ourselves who we are, we have an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to grow us. We have an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to transform us. Sometimes there are going to be things about who we are that are positive things that God is either going to reinforce in us or help us see for the first time. Because when we see a, a Jesus who is willing to come down and give his life as a ransom for many, man, it's quite possible that there are people sitting here today who have never had anybody give anything up for them. Or they have had people that give up for them in the background, but they never realize it. And so you think, you know what, I'm not really a person of, of great value. And do I even fit in anywhere? Am I seen? Am I heard? Am I loved? And the answer, thankfully, is that while people may not have shown you that, 
that God's always been faithfully pursuing you. Always been faithfully pursuing you. And now as we start to ask this question about who are you as we ask it of ourselves, hopefully what we're doing is, is saying, all right, if this is what Jesus is about, this is what I need to be about. And that starts to change the interactions, not only that we have with God and how we view ourselves, but then also how we view each other. There will be some of those truths that we will delve into that will make us feel more whole and, and complete in love. There are some of those truths that we will delve into that will be hard words. You know, in this text that we're going to get into next semester a little deeper, the whole reason that Jesus has to have this conversation is because his very own disciples are misunderstanding who he is. And what they're trying to do is position themselves in a place where, where, where they can have power. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not what I am about. And, and for people who were very vulnerable in society at that time, for people who had been waiting for a political savior, for people who felt at a lot of times like their life was in danger, that was probably a hard truth to hear. That no, I am not the leader that is going to meet these, these worldly expectations that you have because I'm going to offer you something so much better. And if they could get to the point where they understood what the better was, that was going to be okay. But there was going to have to be some denial of self and some changing of paradigms and some growth before they could really grab that and embrace that. Our mantra this year, over and over and over again, is who are you? But primarily when we ask that question, we have to make sure that we are first asking that question as we approach Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you know about Jesus already. It doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus already. There is still something more to learn about Jesus. And it doesn't matter how well you think you know yourself. God knows you better. And God understands you better. And God has plans for you. And, and those plans, some of which have been revealed to you and some of which have not been revealed to you. And part of this process, the, this time of your life that you are in, this very volatile time, but a time where your growth trajectory is so steep and where you hopefully will, will leave and enter into adulthood changed. There are just so many opportunities to examine the God who created you, to examine the God who came to serve you and to give his life up for you to examine what your calling is and to start to see yourself the same way Jesus sees you. We only sang one song at the beginning because we want some space and some opportunity in this service to really dig in and ask that question. And so we have a lot of tools to do that. Sometimes we'll do it through silence and through prayer. Sometimes we will do it through God's word. And then sometimes we'll do it through music. And in this time, as we have a time to close this service with music, let's be present in the moment. Let's be emotionally present. Let's be intellectually present. We're already here. We're, 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 we're physically present. And let's maybe for the first time in a long time, give ourselves the chance to ask Jesus. Who are you?